Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Off Curve, I'm Steve Lubitz, and this is where I talk to you about things I'm thinking about with Hearthstone while I'm driving to or from work, and I am currently driving home from work. It's uh, Thursday, July 27th, I'm pretty close to the end of the July season, obviously. Um, I'm still at rank 4, <laughs> I was at rank 4 last week, and... I'm at rank four this week, It, which is not to say that I wasn't playing any Hearthstone, because believe me, I was, uh, but this, I don't, I don't know what it is, you know, and, and it's like, it's not a matter of just, it's not a matter of getting frustrated and tilting, though that did happen at one point during the week, but it just seems like a, it's hard to get any traction for a long period of time before the meta shifts. Like, I started out last week around this time with UK Paladin, and that was working for me. I got up to rank three, and then all of a sudden, every deck I was playing against was Aggro Druid running Hungry Crabs and just ruining my day. And Or Galaka Crawlers will do it too, because that'll just eat a Dread Corsair. So I I must have tried everything. I tried Freeze Mage. I don't like Freeze Mage. I, I just, I don't. I don't know what it is. Um, I tried a few flavors of Paladin. Midrange Paladin was doing okay for a while. Like, not even, like, the, the, the Hoey Deathwing version of Midrange Paladin, but there was uh, a list on HS Replay. And by the way, I know I've mentioned this a couple times, but if you're not paying for HS Replay Premium, I mean, it, it's worth it just to support what they're doing. But the, the data that you get there around decks that are performing at certain ranks is invaluable, and it's really worth being able to filter it down to what you should be seeing and what you should be playing and what has high win rates. But in any event... Um, there was a list that I found that I've been going back to a couple times. That's like an old school, old school, like two months ago, uh, mid-range paladin that's running Ragnaros and Tyrion and Sunkeeper at the top end. So uh, that's worked reasonably well until it doesn't, you know, it's got Murlocs at the low end and then those at the top end and it sort of works and it sort of doesn't. Um, I've been trying to make Priest happen because I'm kind of getting to the point where a legend push with my available time probably isn't happening. And if I'm not making it to legend for sure, then I'm just going to play priest and enjoy myself. So I've been, I've been doing that. There was a list that blister guy had posted on walk to work from uh, Evangelion, which is pretty good. I, I swapped out some cabal talent priest for second rate bruisers because that's the kind of thing that I do, but I, I like it. It's, it's really, really greedy. It runs double free from Amber and a mind control. And I, I had a game where a, my opponent put Spike Ridge Steed on a Tyrion, and I mind-controlled it, and he just conceded on the spot, which it, that is not how all the games go, for sure. And there's a lot of aggro, and you, you kind of have to have everything against aggro, but it's like the one deck that I found that can beat aggro druid relatively consistently, though, of course, now that I've done that, like aggro druid isn't as much of a thing on the ladder anymore but what are you what are you going to do like that's the thing is like you can't try to target this meta because it's just going to change on you and then you're going to be sad you just kind of have to get a deck that's good across the board and just hope that you don't run into whatever the one bad matchup for your deck is um the the one good thing is that i've been so i've been playing in the coin concede listener league and I, it looks like I'm going to make the top eight as of right now. I don't think there's a way for me to fall out. So that means if you want to go watch them on Saturday night, you should see me on stream, hopefully at some point. 
um, because they're doing all of the top eight Saturday night. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, So go tune in for that. Um, But what I want to talk about this week, since we're in the middle of uh, reveal season, um, we're like right before the first big reveal stream dump uh, as I'm recording this. I don't want to talk about specific cards, though, by the way, though, Bear Shark, I'm just, I don't even care if the card's good. I'm just excited that it exists because Bear Shark is the hero we deserve and the hero we need. Um, But I I want to talk about how to evaluate cards and some things that I learned from doing the card evaluation with Andrew on Happy Hearthstone for Angoro and, and some things I'm trying to keep in mind for myself as we're going through and filling out the spreadsheet for the card reveal that we're going to be doing on Happy Hearthstone. So this is not going to talk about any specific cards from Frozen Throne, but just more lessons about how you should think about cards or how I think you should think about cards. So, you know, I've been having a lot of discussions this week about the cards that have been coming out. Again, I'm not going to talk about anything specific other than that Bear Shark is awesome because it exists. And and I am like number one fan of the Bear Shark fan club. But I think there's some things that you can kind of do to help yourself. And, and honestly, everybody sucks at this. Like, it's really hard to figure out in your head how a card is going to perform without actually seeing it in action, because there are just so many things to think about that you're never going to consider all of them. But just kind of to help yourself think about the cards a little bit more objectively. I think one of the big mistakes that a lot of people make when they look at cards for the first time, and I do this too, I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody else, is they will look at a card and immediately think that the the effect is broken or that it's hot garbage one or the other and i think that the one way that you can get better at evaluating cards and the thing that i'm trying to do is if a card looks broken try to figure out how it would not work and the the flip side works too if a card is completely looks like trash how could you make it work so so the examples that i have from angoro are uh, what what's the name of this stupid card from from Hunter? There was a card from Hunter. I'm looking it up now. That um, Terror Scale Stalker, which was the the battle cry that triggers a friendly death rattle, and everyone was excited about this card when it came out, and and I was not big on it. And the and you know it looks like it's a no brainer, right? Like you look at the best case scenario, which is that you're going to get this guy to come down. On a high main, you're going to have a 6-5, a 3-3, and two 2-2s, and then your opponent's just going to concede. And the reality is that it never works that way. It, it, it literally never worked that way. And the other problem was that the way that Hunter was shaping up to work in this past expansion was that everything was about beast synergy. You had Crackling Razor Maul, you still had Houndmaster, you have, you, you know, Kill Command is still a thing. Um, Tundra Rhino ended up and, and Scavenging Hyena were a big part of it. So if you didn't have B-Synergy, you were putting yourself at a disadvantage. And, and that Terror Scale was not a beast. So basically, you're setting yourself up if you think about how the deck that it's going to fit in is going to play. And that's the important part, is to think about the deck that it's going to fit in. You're, you're setting yourself up to play a non-beast on three into the Houndmaster turn, which is pretty terrible. So for that reason, it ended up not seeing play. Also, the fact that a lot of the, the death rattles are, you have to play it when you have a death rattle on board, which means that your opponent hasn't popped it, which of course they're going to because they want to clear your board as a hunter. 
And a lot of the death rattles that you were going to hit were just underwhelming, right? And I think the flip side of that was Sunkeeper Tarim, which, you know, Appa, Appa on Coin Conceit has taken a lot of credit for. I, I was pretty happy with myself on Happy Hearthstone around the same time that I got this right too. And I, I remember having the discussion with Andrew at the time, and, and Andrew, hopefully you don't mind me talking about this, but we had a long discussion about the card and, you know, cause it looked really weird. Like why do you want to make everything a three, three? Because you're looking at it like you're looking at a shaman board and they have a bunch of totems and you're going to make a bunch of three threes and you're going to die. And, you know, when you look at it, how, it, so I looked at the card as like, how is it going to be good? And I started thinking about it and I started thinking all the situations you could play it. And it's like, okay, well, if you have a bunch of one ones, which you will because you're a paladin, then all of a sudden you have a bunch of three threes. That was literally mid range paladins win condition with quartermaster in goblins versus gnomes. Or you're playing against Jade Druid, they play a bunch of stuff, and then you, you turn it all into 3-3s. Three and it turned out that that scenario happens a lot, where even if you're trying to get rid of, like, one big thing, and that was the thing that defined the meta, were just big minions. Prim, uh, primordial Drakes, and, you know, Medivh all over the place, and everything that's coming out of Medivh, and, and you know, all these, and everything that's got Spike Ridge Steed being able to bring a minion down to size and then kill it with your minion that's a 1-1 that's all of a sudden a 3-3 turned out to be really powerful and even if it's just taking a board down to size they're still trading 3 for 1 into your 3-7 with taunt so you know going through that exercise and maybe you'll be wrong maybe you'll over overshoot it but at least think about how can i make this work this card work if it looks like crap or how will it not work if it looks too good to be true So the other thing that I learned is that you need to color your past experiences with cards. You know, you have to kind of, you have to take those into account and use your experience, but you also need to think about how a new card is different. And one card that I whiffed on horribly was Hydrologist. I thought this card was crap. And, and Curious Glimmer Root, ironically, because of how much I play Priest, I, I did the same thing. Like, my thought with Curious Glimmer Root was like, well, Thought Steal is a card that sometimes gets played, but doesn't really. And why would you want half of a Thought Steal that maybe goes off and sometimes doesn't attached to a 3-3 body? And, and it turns out that, well, just getting the one card, you're going to get, again... Think about what's the worst case scenario, the best case scenario. Most of the time, if you're if you're an above average player who knows what cards are typically played, you're going to guess the card right, like 90% of the time in Constructed. And less in Arena, because Arena is a little more random, but in Constructed, you know what people are typically playing. So like 90% of the time, probably, you get it's, it's just play a 3-3 three, three for 3 mana and get a card out of your opponent's deck, which if you, play, if you read it without that you know, conditional part of it attached to it is actually pretty good. And, you know, even if you just play Thought Steel or, or um, whatever the Shifting Shade, which was a four mana, four three that did the same thing, it turned out that was a card that saw play because just getting cards from your opponent was good. I, I also, the reason I whiffed on Hydrologist was because I looked at Secrets and I'm like, well, you don't put Secrets in your deck. This is an understated minion that gives you a secret that on their, on their own are not good. And so 
this together seems like you would put anything else in your deck. So one thing I didn't pick up on was all the Murloc synergy that was going to happen in Paladin, obviously, but also the fact that just getting a secret for free is basically like ridiculous hat told me at, at right afterward. And it made perfect sense. Once he explained it this way, it's basically like dark peddler. You're getting a one cost spell that happens to be a secret and you're paying two mana for a two, two that gives you that. And once you think about it that way, like, yeah, well, secrets on their own are bad because you have to pick a, an individual secret and put it into your deck. And then, um, and then you, you have to hope that you draw that when you need it, as opposed to being able to pick the right secret for the right time and maybe get multiple of them and then, you know, chain getaway kodos or whatever. And then also it's a Murloc and you have a lot of Murloc synergies. So, you know, it wasn't immediately obvious that deck took a couple weeks to show itself. But when you see the when you see hydrologist played, it's obvious. When you're looking at it without the context of having seen it in play, sometimes you, it's hard to get past the paladin secrets are bad unless they're coming out, uh, you know, five at a time uh, by someone who's screaming none of your business. And you know, when you're playing the ones that one at a time, they're not great. Which is why secret paladin didn't work that well in standard, especially after revenge went away. But you know, when you're getting them for free and you can time them, it's actually pretty good. So, you know, Vilespine Splayer is something else that, like, I didn't think it was going to be that good because it was the same cost as an Assassinate, but it had a 3-4 body attached to it, but it needed a combo to go off, but it's not hard to get a combo off on a 3-4, and then you're getting tempo back. So it's, it's, like, worth taking things that look like things that you know that aren't played, or things that are played, and, and figure out why they would or wouldn't. Again, you have to think of it on its own without letting your past experience cloud your judgment. Um, that's hard. Again, it's hard to do. It's not, you know, especially, you know, if you're putting yourself out on a line in a podcast that, you know, somebody may go back and listen to in, you know, three months. But I, I think that it's good to think about this because that can also help you with deck building, right? Like if you can think about the kinds of decks that used to exist and what they're missing and what new cards are bringing you, or like what synergies are starting to emerge that didn't exist before, then that can kind of help you get a little bit of an edge and maybe you find something that's, that wasn't there. The other thing to think about is, is anything that has a discover effect, you really need to think very carefully about it before you, just, before you disregard it. And anything that falls into an existing discover effect, like you know something, a, a new dragon that gets printed or a new taunt that gets printed, you have to think about how is this going to affect how something like Stonehill Defender or Nether Spite Historian are going to offer things. That could open up new archetypes or improve or nerf existing archetypes. So that's important to think about as well. So that's, uh, that's all I have for this week. Um, as always, you can, um, you can find the show notes at offcurve.com. Uh, you can also follow on Twitter. You can follow the show's account, which is at offcurve. If you just want to get announcements for when the new shows come out, if uh, you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at wicked good. Um, you can follow me on Twitch. I'm starting to stream a little bit more regularly. Uh, looks like Sunday nights at nine Eastern. Um, I'm, I've been the last couple weeks. I'll try to keep that up. You can follow me at twitch.tv slash wicked good FM. Um, you can listen to my other show disruption on relay.fm slash disruption on technology and how it affects us and uh, KFC making cell phones and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, thank you to the couple people who left a review on iTunes. I really do appreciate it. If you have the time and you'd be willing to do that, I super appreciate it. It, it helps the show get noticed 
Um, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm not making any money off of this thing, but I do, I do like people being able to find it, you know, so I mean, I'm taking the time to record it. Right. Um, I, I'm trying a couple things as far as interactivity are concerned. I opened up DMS on the show account. So if you have questions that you want to ask, you can DM them to, to off curve at off curve. And I'll see if I can figure out how to answer them without driving off the road. Um, or there's, if you, uh, follow the station in anchor. And if you just search for my name, Steve Lubitz in anchor, I may, I may actually change it to off curve. I'm not sure. Um, but in any event, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, if you call, there's a call in feature on the station. So if you want to try that, I will be willing to try that to answer it. Um, assuming, you know, that the call is appropriate and not, you know, vulgar or whatever. Um, I, I will, I will try to do that as kind of a listener participation thing. So if you want to try that call in feature, uh, give that a try. Um, so anyway, thank you as always for, for listening. I, I love doing the show. I love the feedback that I've been getting, um, from folks, uh, even people who are adding me in Battle.net, which is, oh, wicked good, um, hashtag one, five, three, five. Just, just shoot me a note on Twitter. If you, if you add me just to let me know that you're listening from the show. Um, but you know, I love just people telling me how, how much they like the show. I really do appreciate it. It, it, it warms my heart to, uh, to know that people are enjoying the content. So, um, uh, but anyway, so that's, that's all I have for this week. So, um, I enjoy the, the reveal stream this week and, um, uh, we'll talk more next week. Have a good one.